Hey, welcome to a very special edition of How to Pass NCLEX Plus Monday Motivation. This is a nighttime class for our Nurses Week celebration. Yes, we are into it right now. And so this is just one of the many events that we have coming up all week long. So thank you for joining us. We will be doing NCLEX. We've been doing teas. It's time for NCLEX again. So you are right into the thick of it because today is our special evening edition. Tomorrow, hey, we have game night tomorrow. Come on in, it's not too late. This is a live class. We're gonna be doing some NCLEX questions, but I wanted to let you know share this video. I want you to bring your friends to game night because you're going to be playing for points and money and it's going to be a good study time. Wednesday, we have two events coming up. We have um, the Winning Wednesday and then we have the Nurse Success Summit, which I'm super excited about as well. And then Thursday, we will be finishing with International Nurses Day. So let's get into it right now. Um, and for everybody who will be ordering the virtual trainer, we are closing up our, um, our mega discount. And so if you have not done so, please head over to remarnurse.com. Use that promo code remarnurse for the special discount and free shipping worldwide. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Especially our international nurses. So are you ready for question number one? Because it's happening. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to see you at this class. We're doing delegation tonight. So your delegation hats are on. Here is question number one. A client with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. All right. Um, so you have a client with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Which intervention for airway management should the nurse um, delegate to a nursing assistant? All right. So the nursing assistant, should they, number one, be assisting the client to sit up on the side of the bed, two, instructing the client to cough effectively, three, teaching the client to use incentive spirometry, four, auscultation of breath sounds every four hours. What should that nursing assistant do? And consider this person an unlicensed assistive personnel. So are they assisting the client to sit up on the side of the bed? Are they instructing the client to cough effectively, teaching the client to use incentive spirometry or auscultation of breath sounds every four hours? The correct answer is gonna be yes. Number one, assisting the client to sit up on the side of the bed. And this is important because assisting clients with positions and activities of daily living, that is something that your nurse's aide is going to do. And so that is within the scope of practice of your nursing assistant. Now, when I look here, I'm just grabbing the virtual trainer student workbook. Um, and I want to draw your attention to page 153. Can't see it. But if you have page 153 in your virtual trainer workbook, we do go over what the RN does, what the PN does, and what the A does. And just remember, um, when we talk about unlicensed assistive personnel, 
I do go over the fact that they are the ones that are going to be doing your activities of daily living. So your bathing, um, your eating, your ambulating. Also, the aides or the nurses assistants can they can do uh, transportation of patients too. So if your patient has to go to a procedure, as long as they are stable, it is okay for your aides to do that. Also, they do the post-mortem care, right? We go over many, many things inside of the virtual trainer. So your aides are the ones that are going to be responsible for post-mortem care. When a patient dies, it's your aides that will give them the, um, the cleanup, the bathing. And so there is a correct position <laughs> in quick facts. We go over that position for when the patient um when the patient is deceased, how they should be positioned because there is a right way, all right? Okay, lots and lots of information to know for NCLEX, but we are we are making it simple for you at Remar. Okay, question number two. The charge nurse is making assignments for the next shift. Which client should be assigned to the fairly new nurse, six months experience, pulled from the surgical unit to the medical unit. All right, so which assignment for the new nurse, okay? Is it one, a 58-year-old on airborne precautions for tuberculosis? Two, a 68-year-old just returned from bronco uh, bronchoscopy and biopsy. Three, a 72-year-old who needs teaching about the use of, about the use of incentive spirometry. Or four, a 60, a 69-year-old with COPD who is ventilator dependent, who is going to be the most appropriate for a fairly new nurse from the medical, from the surgery unit to the medical unit. And this happens all the time. There's a great principle for figuring this out, okay? So we're wanting to give the most common patient, all right, we're gonna give the most, um, I guess when we think about new nurses, you need to place new nurses with patients who are the most stable and whose care whose care is something that a new nurse would be able to do. So for number two, the correct answer is three, the 72-year-old who needs teaching about incentive spirometry, simply because um, they're coming from a surgical unit. So what are they used to doing in a surgical unit? They would absolutely be used to talking about coughing and deep breathing. Okay, that's very common. Um, and so incentive spirometry, post preoperatively, is going to be appropriate, right? Um, the, 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 the needs of the client must be competently met with the knowledge, skills, and the ability of the staff members who can provide for them. All right, we're moving on. Question number three. The client with COPD has a nursing diagnosis of ineffective breathing pattern. The client with COPD has a nursing diagnosis of ineffective breathing pattern, which is an appropriate action to delegate to the experienced licensed practical nurse under registered nurse supervision. Okay. All right. Number one, observe 
how well the client performs pursed lip breathing. Two, plan a nursing regimen that gradually increases activity intolerance. Three, assist the client with basic activities of living, daily living. Four, consult with the physical therapy department about reconditioning exercises. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is an appropriate action to delegate to the experienced LPN under registered nurse supervision? Great question. Love this question. Plan on seeing something like this on NCLEX for sure. Okay. And I'm wondering if you got it right. Hopefully everybody is picking one. Observe how the client performs pursed lip breathing, okay? And the reason why this is most appropriate is because we have an experienced LPN. And so they can use observation of clients to gather data regarding how well clients perform interventions that they have already been taught. And so they're working under the supervision of the registered nurse. And so observation, observation is something that the LPN can do. Planning is not, all right? Um, consultations with the ther physical therapy department, that is not appropriate, right? And then the assisting with basic activities of daily living, that is also not appropriate. And can an LPN do it? Absolutely, okay? So basic activities of daily living, remember we're talking about feeding, dressing, bathing a client. Can an LPN do it? Sure. Can an RN do it? Yeah, we can do all those things, but is that the most appropriate use of our skills? Absolutely not. If I have somebody with a license, like the licensed practical nurse, I do not want that staff member bathing people. I do not want that staff member um, checking temperatures, right? Or warming up meal trays. That's not ideal. And so we have to make sure that we do not minimalize our colleagues, right? Um, because the licensed practical nurse, they have very valuable skills. And so never pick them to do activities of daily living. All right. Question number four is this, which intervention for a client with a pulmonary embolism could be delegated to the LPN on the nurse client care team? Which intervention for a client with a pulmonary embolus could be delegated to the LPN on the nurse client care team. Okay. Number one, evaluating the client's complaint of chest pain. Okay. Two, monitoring laboratory values for changes in oxygenation. Three, assessing for symptoms of respiratory failure. Four, auscultating the lungs for crackles. All right, this is interesting. All right, this is going to be interesting. We have a client with a pulmonary embolus, okay? 
what could be delegated to the LPN on the nurse client care team? All right. I see the answers rolling, rolling, rolling in, rolling, rolling, rolling in. All right. All right, the correct answer here is going to be number four. Yes, we have the client, the LPN. They have been trained to oscillate lung sounds. They can gather data by routine assessment and observation under the supervision of an RN. So one of the things that LPNs do learn how to do is they learn how to listen for lung sounds. They learn how to listen for heart sounds they understand changes in the physiology. So like for quick facts, this is a quick facts for RN and PN, both can buy it, both absolutely can buy it. And one of the sections in this book is called lung sounds. And so it is appropriate for RNs and PNs to know what different lung sounds are, right? And so a PN should be able to hear crackles. You have a patient, with a pulmonary embolus, the, the patient should be, um, the nurse should be able to hear lung sounds and say, oh, I think this is a crackle. This sounds like a crackle in the patient's, um, you know, in, in, their, in their lung sounds, all right? So these are things that the LPN should be able to determine with gathering information. Let's do question number five here. The nurse is assigned to provide nursing care for a client receiving mechanical ventilation. Which action should the nurse delegate to an experienced nursing assistant? All right, and remember, look at these words to describe the staff members. Are they new staff members? Are they experienced? Um, that, that also will make a difference. Are they floating? So we're talking about which action should the nurse delegate to an experienced nursing assistant? Is it going to be one, assessing the client's respiratory status every four hours? Two, taking vital signs and pulse ox, um, oximetry readings every four hours. Three, checking the ventilator settings to make sure they are prescribed. Four, observing whether the client's tubes need suctioning every two hours. Okay, guys, let's say if you hear, we are talking about what action should the nurse delegate to the experienced nursing assistant? Ooh, this is a good one. This is another good one and another good one. So the answer here is going to be Number two, absolutely taking vital signs and pulse oximetry readings every four hours. The nursing assistant's educational preparation includes the measurement of vital signs and an experienced nursing assistant would know how to check oxygen saturation by pulse oximetry, absolutely. Hey, this is all part of our nurses week celebration that we have going on. Our Monday motivation is this. Um, nurses are basically superheroes and scrubs. Seriously, we all know during the pandemic and even before that, nurses 
uh, the, the role of the nurse was so, it was so needed. I mean, it was so needed. And even now that is still the case, but it always wasn't so, okay? The National Nurses Week was something that many people had said no to at first. We're in National Nurses Week, but many people just didn't see it. Like they really didn't. I don't know if you guys know the history, but I mean, we do National Nurses Week as a time to honor the contribution of nurses and recognize the important role they play in society. It is also an opportunity to promote nursing as a profession and raise awareness about what it's like to be a nurse, the issues affecting nursing staff, uh, nursing students, healthcare workers, clients, and their family. And so everybody loves Nurses Week now, right? We love it. But actually, and this is the motivation, the motivation, let, let me just, let me just share the information. In 1953, Dorothy Sutherland of the U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare sent a proposal to President Eisenhower to proclaim a Nurses' Day in October. Just one Nurses' Day. That's it. That proclamation was never made. They said no. They said no, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. That's 1953. 1954, though, the first Nurses' uh the first Nurse Week celebration was observed October 11th to October 16th, right? But it was to it was to celebrate. It was to celebrate just one nurse, the hundredth anniversary of Florence Nightingale's mission in the Crimean War, right? And so we know Florence Nightingale, right? We all know Florence Nightingale. She helped in the Crimean War. She was a statistician. She calculated all the sick. Uh, the, the sick war um, member, she she, cried, she calculated the, the ones that were injured, the ones that had died. So they celebrated her, the first nurse, in October 16th, okay? 1955, a bill was introduced in Congress for a nurses' week, but, and this is like for a general nurses' week, not just one person, but for everybody. Let's just celebrate everybody. But again, Congress said, no, mm-mm. Not not happening, okay? Not happening. All right, so we started in 1953. They tried again in 1955. 1972, the resolution for National Registered Nurses Day was presented, but no action was taken. No, 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 no. <laughs> now we in the 70s, all right? Like 20 years later. All right. In 1974, in the January... Um, in January, the International Council of Nurses proclaimed May 12th as International Nurses Day. In February, President Nixon, Nixon issued a proclamation designating National Nurse Week. Yeah, 1974. Did you guys know this? Do you know the history of this? And so in 1994... In 1994, another 20 years later, the dates of May 6th through May 12th were designated as permanent dates for National Nurses Week, okay? So I just want to shout out to all of the women and men who came before me who thought that this week was important. 
who thought that nurses should be recognized on a global uh, a global platform that we deserve to have uh, a, a national day here. We deserve to be recognized for the sacrifice, for the ministry, for the betterment of the communities that we serve, for the contributions that we make, not only to our own families, but to other people's families, and not only the contributions, but the sacrifices that we make to other people's family. When your family comes into the hospital or the nursing home and they get a good nurse, it can literally make the difference between whether they live or die. And I honestly think most people know that. Most people know that a good nurse can save your life. And so, um, you know, sometimes we take things for granted because we're ignorant. We just don't know all it took to get to where we are. And we, we wake up and we take advantage of privileges that we did not work for. We get to reap the benefits of a job that we did not serve, right? And so a lot of us nurses, we're like, oh, I got a pen for nurses week. Um, or, you know, they just gave me a pizza party, you know, and we're so ungrateful. But there are people in the 50s and in the 60s and the 70s that would have took that pen and it would have been a badge of honor because they actually are the ones that wrote the letters. They actually are the ones that made the phone calls or stood outside of congressman's office saying we deserve to be recognized. And so I want you guys to um, I always want us to be appreciative of the people who came before us. I mean, that's just the thing. Like there, there is something that you wake up and you have access to, whether it's clean water or uh, a grocery store or to be able to sit anywhere on a bus or a plane or to be able to send your children to school. These are privileges that um, people did not always have, okay? So um, let's always be grateful and humble and uh, willing to learn something new because nurses, hey, we do. What do we need though? We do do, but Nurses Week um, allows us to have more appropriate recognition, okay? It allows us to um, be able to have more communication, right? So programs are put in place during Nurses Week so we can be able to come together all right, uh, we can address things like low work breaks. And uh, to be honestly, uh, more work breaks, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you literally, I, taking a break, when you're a nurse and you're working on the floor, taking a break is, is the last thing you have. It's like the last thing, and you don't even think about it, honestly. We always put ourselves like, there are nurses that don't use the bathroom the entire 12 hours that they are working. It's nurses that don't take lunches because their patients need something or they're just about to sit down and they hear that call bell and they know their patient is in pain. And so they leave everything, their food, everything, and go medicate that patient. I mean, and there's just some things about nursing that you cannot control. And um, so I don't know, the, the more work breaks, I love the idea, but I just don't know if it's possible. <laughs> um Monitoring nurse distress and proactive outreach. That is something um, that we need to do more of because nursing distress is a real thing. Nurse burnout is a real thing. Nurses also need easier access to support resources. We need counselors. 
We need, nurses need to be in counseling. Some nurses need to be in counseling. Yes, you do, right? Especially if you're working in, in, in high situations. If you're in the ER, if you're in the MICU, if you're in hospice, uh, you know, listen, if you're in, if you're doing prison nursing, you might need to be in counseling. You might have seen some traumatic things that you're carrying along with you. You have no idea how it's affecting you, right? Um, and so we as nurses have to be able to see ourselves too as people deserving care in the best way, right? All right. Um, what nurses need, we need seeking help to make things easier and more acceptable. I love the Remark community because I think we do that. Greater access to mental health resources, absolutely. Encouraging personal connections between nurses. Yes, yes, yes. We definitely need that. So one of the most beautiful things that we do here is we allow people to come and talk about their um, their successes and their journeys. And they give us, you know, shout outs and testimonial videos. And I love how you guys are encouraging each other. Or sometimes people come on here, like on Mother's Day this weekend, you know, I brought my mom on for Mother's Day. And we had a, a young lady talk about how, you know, she was struggling because she lost her mom, right? She lost her husband. And so not only can we be a place for encouragement, but we can also be a place for um, ministry. And so people were, um, you know, saying they would pray and people were just being uplifting, right? And we need that. We need that because sometimes they're good and sometimes are bad, but we have to be able to still find a reason to move forward. And so, yes, these are all the things that our, our profession needs. We need all these things. And, and so that's why it's good for us to be together. So nurses, uh, nurses week is upon us. I wanted to give you guys a little history lesson. I wanted to say happy nurses day to all the nurses all around the world. You guys, nursing students included, just throw yourselves in there. You are super, super heroes. And so we will continue on with our wonderful nurses week programming. Tomorrow, we have Winning Wednesday. We'll be doing some content review at noon. And then we have our Nurses Success Summit, where we'll actually be talking about what it takes to be a great nurse. And Grand Canyon University will be, um, will be helping to sign nurses up for school for that event. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, guys. And I cannot wait to see you there. I can't wait to see you there. Um, and... Um, I always say this, but I truly mean it. You can, you will, and you must be a great nurse. Remember where you come from, okay? Pass NCLEX and help somebody else get to where you are. That is what Nurses Week is all about. That's what it's all about. All right. See you guys later. The NCLEX Virtual Trainer is the best training system for nursing students who need to pass the exam. My name is Regina Callion, MSN RN, and I have helped thousands of nursing students pass the NCLEX exam with my program. You're going to love it. With my NCLEX review, I'm going to give you all of my nursing content in one place. Not only that, I'm going to make sure that after every individual lesson, you know what is most important. And if you need questions to help you, I have the questions right here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an amazing opportunity to get in the virtual trainer. I'm also going to send you the virtual trainer student workbook, as well as my quick facts for NCLEX. This is it. This is the opportunity that you've been waiting for. Click the link below. This is the number one training system for nursing students who need to pass NCLEX. 
don't miss out on this opportunity. Click the link below. Hey, what are you waiting for? I want to see you on the inside. This is the opportunity. You don't want to miss it. If your nursing license is important to you, you will take action right now. Let's click the link. Let's go.